0: Everybody. Welcome to the show. I see things a little differently. Uh, if you're wondering why this says episode 11 and not episode 10, then that means you're not followed. That means you have not subscribed yet. I please actually do that um, because episode 10 dropped November 1st. As I promised, uh, I will do the matches of the month the first Sunday of each month. Um, just because, as I explained already, uh, I don't need to keep doing it. But I'll explain it one more time. It just it's, it it could, it just needs to be its own separate thing. Sometimes they go long. Sometimes they go short. This month it's only like 15 minutes. But sometimes I go 30 to 40 minutes. And we have a lot to get to this week. Um, so yeah, if you're wondering why, no, you've not gotten the numbers out of order. It's just the fact that the one episode dropped the day before. So uh, this will drop November second. Um, actually, recording this on November first, late at night, I really had a lot to get to, and I had a lot of thoughts in my head, things I wanted to say. So I was kind of like, "Let me get this right before I start." At least write some th- ideas down before I actually start uh, recording. So there's a few things we're gonna do. So one, in honor of Survivor Series this month, I decided to write down. Five different, excuse me, five, four different categories made up of my top five of whatever in those categories, right? So we're going to do, since I believe Survivor Series is November 22nd, and I believe that leaves us us with one, two, I think three Sundays. So I'm going to do two this week and then one each week. Um, They will be recorded separately, but it will be on the same episode, but I want to name the... The, the categories so one would be the top five best eliminations in a survivor series match so that could be any way somebody got pinned submitted whatever we're going to do that today and we're going to do the also the the top five best moments today the other one is top five best matches and the other one is top five dumbest eliminations um matter of fact, no we're gonna do five best eliminations and five dumbest eliminations today change that up that will be at the very end when i have all this news and stuff to get past um because we have a lot to get to so we're gonna start immediately with raw uh retribution loses again i don't know where they're going with this team um in the match mia yim was like i guess she was supposed to like be possessed or whatever and led to a distraction. The match was Retribution versus the Hurt Business in the Survivor Series style elimination match. Retribution lost. But in the middle of the match, Mia Yim gets in the ring and starts shaking and convulsing. And I guess the idea was she's possessed. Um, she looks stupid. Um, and once again, this is not her idea. So, I'm not even going to blame the wrestlers here. I don't know where they're going with this. To be perfectly honest with you. I think this is a case of once we got the reveal of Ali, Vince McMahon got bored and said, yeah, they they got a reveal. They got two reveals. So that's all we're going to give them. I think retribution is... You know what retribution is going to be like? It's going to be like it's going to stick around till like January, and then they're all going to get tossed out in in the Royal Rumble, and then that will be it. It reminds me of like the Spirit Squad or something like that, where they're around for well, the Spirit Squad at least won tag team championships. But anyways, um, Retribution just it just it just feels that way. It just feels like all right, they got two big reveals. Ali's the leader. Not only is Ali the leader, but Ali was the SmackDown hacker. Now they 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 can follow up on that. Like, Ali can expose people's secrets, air quotes. Um, I I just don't know where they're going to go. I just don't think, I don't personally think they're going anywhere if I'm being, um, if I'm being honest. Um, so, and I feel bad for those guys and Gal, because um, I actually like all of them in that group. I, um, I think they're all talented. Um, I just don't, it just, it's, it's really bad. So I'm not even going to focus too much on that because we have bigger things to get to. I do love Drew McIntyre's edge. Now he's lost that championship. It it just makes the championship feel even more important. Um, but the rumor has it is that they really want to set up a Tyson Fury, Drew McIntyre match with, which they've been kind of setting up. For like the last year, Drew's been calling out Tyson Fury for a long time now, ever since he made his his, uh, his debut and WWE, air quote, debut. Um, so I'm assuming that might be their WrestleMania match because the rumor has it is that Randy Orton and Edge are still meant to collide at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. So I don't get why you need two legends air quotes. Or technically, Edge is a Hall of Famer. Uh, with the championship right now, but once again, I've made my feelings on that known, so I don't need to spend too much time on that. Um, I did like this segment, though, how when Orton went out there for a moment of bliss, uh, he immediately asks, where's the Fiend at? I know, I love how they played on the history of those two, especially when she just happened to mention it, burning down a house, and and you just see Orton's face, and Orton's like, alright, I see where this is going, you know, and I just love that this, this ending sequence as Drew comes out, they're fighting, Randy gets away, then all of a sudden he just turns around, he sees the fiend. So you have a choice. Do you fight the fiend or do you fight Drew? And so he goes, he goes back to Drew. And I love how they play on their history. Um I, I just don't think Drew's getting that championship back anytime soon. And I just don't know where the fiend is because the fiend has m- multiple things going as well. He's interfered with retribution, but he's also interfered now with this. So it seems like he's just terrorizing anybody he can, or it seems like he's kind of like the uh, the cleaner air quotes of the of raw. It's like he's going after heels if you notice that right um so i don't know it's just that's just a very interesting spot that they have the fiend in because i just don't think you can make the fiend a a face but at the same time you can make him where he's just hovering and just waiting to pick his spot you know and it feels like that's what he's doing because he hasn't well he he technically touched uh he's put Mal mcclaw on members of retribution but he didn't touch orton orton made the decision to go back and fight drew um and so they did have some stuff after all went off the air. They put on their YouTube channel, and it was very much an IPG angle, which I, I, I thought was interesting. Um, where Drew was trying to <laughs> pretty much poke Randy's eye out, take his eye out, you know. So that was interesting. Um, for those of you wondering, Survivor Series will be a once again a brand supremacy. I'm doing air quotes. You can't see me. Um, and I immediately wrote down whatever that means. Um, so you're going to have champions versus champions. So it's the Street Profits versus uh, the New Day. You're going to have Randy Orton versus Roman Reigns. Now, the thing that's interesting, and I didn't think about this until somebody else brought this up to me. They said, do you think they're going to change the championship because that's what they've done the last two years? To me, they changed the championship last year or two years ago uh, because, uh, or three years ago, they did it because... Brian was turning heel, and that was the best place. And AJ Styles wanted the belt off him. They did the year before that because they, they you, you just no one wanted to see a Jinder Mahal versus Brock Lesnar match. Let's just be honest. Plus, Jinder Mahal had his run, and um, you can, I know some people complain about Kofi Kingston's run as far as just like they didn't think it was that strong. That thought it was pretty damn strong. And if you look at his run compared to anybody's WWE Championship run. He only got pinned one time outside of losing that championship, and that was in a tag team match. Him and McIntyre are booked just as strong. Some people just can't accept Kofi as that, which is fine, you know. Um, I'm sure there's some people who can never accept uh, Diesel or Bret Hart or Shawn Michaels as believable champions, you know, because let's be honest, if Shawn Michaels, was, if this was a shoot, air quotes, fight, is Shawn Michaels being Big Van Vader? Probably not. Um, so I, I get it, you know, but once again, to me, those were times where they kind of had their back on the wall. Or, yeah, I would say they had their back on like, AJ Styles at that point had the championship for over a year. So, you know, he had beat Jinder Mahal the week before Survivor Series. So, I think those two years, and that wasn't last last year that didn't happen, but two years before that, excuse me. Um, so, it was 2017, 2018. Um, I think they just had their back against the wall. You're not taking that universal title off Roman Reigns until at least wrestlemania you know and even then that's not guaranteed the way this story's going he could probably go until next SummerSlam, and have this could probably be the longest reign of his career no pun intended obviously um because if you because if you look at it all the greats have won at least at least one long title reign i don't think roman reigns has ever had that it feels like roman reigns had a bunch of short reigns like he he won the, the, the tournament at Survivor Series. He beat Dean, Dean Ambrose. Sheamus comes out, cashes in. He gets the belt back at Tables, Irish, and Shares. Loses it at the Royal Rumble. He then wins it back for a third time at WrestleMania. Then he gets popped for Adderall or whatever it was, so he loses it then. He gets the Universal Championship. He has it for one month. Then his leukemia comes back. This is his fifth title reign. I don't think he's had the title for more than four months like consecutively. You know he ha- he de- he's he's he hasn't had long title runs. He's had some good matches when he's had the belt. You no, know, whenever he's had the opportunity. Like to me, I thought him and Seth Rollins had a good matchup Money in the Bank, and he lost that. He had two really good matches against AJ Styles. Um, so, you know, I, I just don't see that. I just don't think. I think they're taking that belt off him. Randy Orton, if like, as I just said, the rumor is that he's still slated to face Edge. And that third match is going to have the championship on the line, and that's supposed to be an I quit match. Um, okay, so uh, yeah, just whatever. So I just don't think that's going to happen. I know some people probably don't want to see that match, um, but I think you're going to have a bunch of hodgepodge in that match anyway. I don't think you I don't see that being the main event only because you have Jay Uso now aligned with Roman Reigns. We'll get to that in a second. I have a lot to say about that. You also have the Fiend and Drew McIntyre just waiting in the wings for Randy Orton. I just don't see that ending um ending uh clean. You know, I think that they could protect both guys by it just being, you know, hodgepodge. Um so yeah, so if you're not into Brain Supremacy Survivor Series, this one probably won't be for you. Um but I did want to mention this lot, one last thing about Raw. So here is the Women's Survivor Series tag team match. Boy, oh boy, this is interesting. You have Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler, the Women's Tag Team Champions. Sounds about right. You have Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. And apparently the reason why they're on the team, because they didn't have to qualify. Apparently they're on the team because they're also undefeated. They've had two matches. (laughs) All right. And then there was a fatal four-way match to determine who, excuse me, triple threat match to determine who was going to get a shot to be who was going to be the last person Lana then gets it, she wins the match and all four other women are horrified at this and then Nia Jax puts her through a table for six times, so apparently from what Dave Meltzer said, is that the idea behind this, and Vince is strictly behind this, obviously, is that he wants Alana to be a super babyface and this is going to build her a bunch of sympathy. I, from what I can see, it just feels like people are just laughing. It doesn't feel like she's getting sympathy at all. It feels like people are fucking laughing. Um, but it's because it is, at this point, it's just like, it's a, it's a gag. So that's an interesting team, and I, I don't know how the woman's team is going to pan out. Um, on SmackDown it's going to be better than this though because to me the only two threats are Nia and Shayna and I'm going to assume even though people are saying the Raw team is going to lose because of how weak it looks I think because they're going to keep Shayna strong it's going to happen like if you think about it Banks and Oscar are off so the, the two, two of your biggest guns essentially you know, are not on it now I, I do know Bianca Belair on SmackDown did qualify, so that's intriguing. But I don't know. I just it that that's a, that's an interesting team, you know. Very interesting team. I just I just had to point that out. So, anyways, the men's team, the people you have qualified so far. You only have three people qualified on Raw men's team. You have Keith Lee, AJ Styles, and Sheamus. I that's a strong team right there so far i'm curious to see who who else will join that team but um these things always feel forced sometimes and so i'm not necessarily to be perfectly honest i'm not really looking forward to anything i'm looking forward to seeing the story building that's going to continue with the roman reigns and Jey uso thing and also i'm i'm also interested to see if how will drew factor into it if Keith Lee's going to keep this edge after he made the comment of, hey, monster meet dragon. I'm, I'm I'm interested in those things. But as overall pay-per-view, I used to love Survivor Series. Like, so believe it or not, Survivor Series was number two. Like, Royal Rumble has always been number one. Then it was Survivor Series. Then it was Mania. Then it was SummerSlam. Um, but Survivor Series has taken a serious dip, and I've gone from... Looking forward to the entire pay-per-view to, like, one or two matches on the card. So, um, that's Raw in a nutshell. To me, those are the things that I felt should be pointed out. But, whatever. Uh, Let's get to SmackDown. So, uh, at the top of it, I I thought... I thought it was a great emotional moment. I know some people didn't like the fact that Jey Uso had said, you didn't beat me. And in Jey Uso's eyes, I can see how he can say, you didn't beat me because you know I wasn't going to see I quit. And Roman never didn't disagree with that point of it. He just knew what he had to do, which is why he said, this is a burden. These are things you have to do to keep these titles and keep this edge and blah, blah, blah. And he brought up good points. And he gave them until the end of the night. I, I loved... The touch of before Paul Heyman even got a chance to talk, he snatched the mic out of his hand. I have anger. He's like, "Why? I hate you. Why you gotta do me like this?" Because at that point, now you can see Jay realizing I have no other choice. He got there was a corner, there was a coronation after I lost the match. You know, I, I think I undersold the the importance of the Wild Samoans being there. Like, imagine this, right? The Wild Samoans. Go from WrestleMania, was it thirty-one, when everyone thought Reigns was winning the title, and then the very last minute. Because remember now, this is these are this is fact. This has been this is documented, and I think WWE even documented it. Triple H runs to Seth Rollins during, uh, oh no, excuse me, it was like during like the second to last match before the main event, and said, "Hey, just so you know, be ready. You're cashing in and winning the belt tonight." That wasn't even planned. I be, the plan was for Roman to be coronated that night. But they changed it. Vince Man changed it. The match before the main event. And all of a sudden, now no one knows this. Roman can't give his, his family the heads up. Hey, I'm, that's they're going a different direction. So they're taken off guard. So now you go from that to just years later. And now the Wild Samoans, who was one of the greatest tag teams of all time, um... It, it, just it, you look at the lineage and to me the wild side moments are so important because they're tag team champions they lose the belts to Rocky Maivia and Tony Atlas and so it's just kind of like for me it's kind of just just I don't know those, those moments I, they give me goosebumps it's cool but I, I think I undersold the importance of them being there, and 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 seeing. Imagine that now, their their uncles, there. Roman's dad is there, and they are they didn't headline the show, but they started to the show off with a hell of a fight. I don't know. I think I undersold that last week, but that was a really cool moment. Um, Kevin Owens he defeats Dolph Ziggler, and he advances to the SmackDown team for Survivor Series. Um, They did a Lars Sullivan um, interview where he explains the first time he was being called a freak, which I watched like the first maybe 30 to 40 seconds of that interview and I got freaked out and I decided not to watch anymore. Um, Bailey and Sasha Banks, they are going to run it back, uh, but they'll do it next week. Um, I don't think Banks is losing the belt. I I think they're going to head to Banks and... Bianca Bella at Wrestlemania, which is going to be a tremendous match. Uh, uh, I just don't see why they wouldn't do that. Um, The Street Profits, uh, they beat Shinsuke Nakamura and Cesaro. I thought it was a really good match, actually. Uh, There's one spot that everybody is going to go crazy over. First of all, I know they had to have a crash pad. They didn't have a crash pad. They're crazy, but they clearly had one. Cesaro launches uh, Montez up in the air, and Matez just gets height no matter what. That is one athletic dude. Um, I know some people have already said that when he breaks away from uh, D- Dawkins, like he's gonna have a, a championship run and is uh, like a world title run in his future. I don't see that yet. Um, I can see him being a heel. I can see him and his wife. Was his wife play such a good heel? Um, for those who don't know, he's married to Bianca Belair. Um, but I, I can see, I can see that you know him being a good heel. Um, I can see, I see Tyler Run, U.S. Tyler Run. Um, for some reason, I don't see the World Tyler Run yet. But I think also because whenever someone goes to the main roster, Vince has them doing such dumb stuff sometimes. And to me, even though they've they've really been treated well on the main roster, I think they've been on the main roster for a year, a little over a year, something like that. They've already held the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. They were handed to them, whatever. But they held the Raw Tag Team Championships. They never lost them. And they went months with those belts until they handed them off to New Day. So they've been treated well, you know. Um, So I don't know. It's just something. I don't know. I just don't see it yet. But But hopefully... As they have more and more bad... i once again his thing. It's also so hard for me to see it because you go from having them in great tag team matches with the Undisputed Era to now they're having fights with makeshift tag teams, which is why I, one of the things I'm looking forward to at Survivor Series is them versus the New Day. That's a New Day is a real tag team, so I'm looking forward to just to seeing these two teams mix it up, you know, actually, actually, real tag teams, not hey, oh, we found a lug nut and. Another nut over there. We're gonna put them together on our tire and see if they'll stay on. You know, I'm not looking for a makeshift tag. Team. I'm looking for him to have battles with real tag teams, and that'll help. He, he he gets hella height on that frog splash. He gets hella height in general. Um, I'm just I just don't see that yet. Uh, but he he, he has tons of future. Um, they both do. Um, this whole th- first of all, Seth Rollins as this cult leader, the, like the way he talks i don't i don't remember him doing anything like this when he was tyler black in in roh and so at first i thought that he was having a a, a, like what punk did punk reused a lot of his stuff in roh in wwe i can't think of any time when he was tyler black he was ever doing this if i'm wrong someone let me know i don't remember though but i did like this promo he was cutting with murphy he was saying how he accepts murphy and whatever this is with aaliyah and and then uh, the rest of the Mysterios came out, and then Aaliyah professes her love for, for Murphy and kisses him. And when I saw that, my first thought was, they're really doing this. And I can only assume they're doing this. And hey, listen to me. I'm not saying I like it. Only reason I even watched it is because I legitimately just was like in the moment when I was like enjoying Seth Rollins' promo. And so they were about the to fight. I actually was writing notes, and then when she said "I love my," I said "What?" And I looked up, and she has her face in his face, and I was like, "Oh, this—they really did this." <laughs> I think they're only doing this for ratings. I, I think, and I have not looked this up, but I'm—I'm I'm guessing, and I'm going to look this up, and next week I'll have an answer. I'm guessing whenever they do these YouTube clips of these, of the Mysterios, I bet you those are some of the highest YouTube clips they get and maybe some of the highest rated quarter hours. And so they just keep it going. uh, Because to me, there's no other way to... Now you can... All right, there's two ways you can do this, right? To me, the most obvious way and obvious trope is she turns heel and her and Murphy are Ronald's disciples, right? The other thing is they go on their own... And they're in a forbidden love relationship, and then you can have a match where it's like love, uh, like Tess versus Shane, lover or reliever match, and you could put Murphy versus Rey Mysterio or Dominic Mysterio. Uh, either match, I think, would be decent, but I think the one between Murphy and Rey would be better. And um, I could see her costing Rey the match, and then she's with it, with Murphy. Um, I don't want to see any of this. I think this should end. <laughs> But, you know, they're going there. So. Anyways. Uh Jay Uso, he defeats Daniel Bryan clean to join Kevin Owens on the Men's Survivor Series match uh, team. Um, Jay's got some really big wins. Like, Roman coming back has been really good for Jason, especially since, you know, his brother's out. And he's gotten clean wins over AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. And Daniel Bryan, we all know how unselfish he is and how he wants to get back to the business. The thing I found most interesting though, here's here's where we're gonna take a detour before we get to AEW or NXT or anything like that. So I started thinking about this and I was texting back and forth with Jonathan Nestor and he said, "Do you he asked me, he says, how do you think the the Royal Rumble winner will come into play? I said, Everyone's keep everyone everyone I have not seen another choice. Everyone is choosing Big E to win the Royal Rumble as of right now, I don't see um, a story that fits the, the the Royal Rumble winner in it. That just feels natural. This whole thing has been natural so far, which is perfect, you know? I'm about to say, I need to think about it before I hit record, right? And then they did something afterwards where Roman gets in the ring because he comes in towards the end of the match, and he just gives a look to, uh, well, first of all, he, he's looking at Jay. And Jay's like, I'm with you. I understand you're a tribal chief, blah, blah, blah. Reigns just turns and looks at Daniel Bryan, who's about to get up. Jay looks over, super kicks him. Jay goes crazy, puts him to a table with a splash, gives him a splash. But They do a stretcher job with Daniel Bryan. I said, that changed the game, in my opinion, right there. Because this guy just came back. He just announced this is his final run, full-time run. Now he's already doing a stretcher job. I said, to me, that changed the game. Now, before I get to my theory, Here's what Jonathan Esther texted me just hours ago. He had a theory about what he wants to see. Reigns leaves a faction with the Usos. to have his back. Big E gets his push. They get the Royal Rumble win. But then the Bloodline demolish him. New Day come to even the odds. Then we have the, the family versus the New Day. Then that leads to Big E getting the championship. So I told him it's an interesting idea, but I didn't like it. I don't want to see the New Day back together. Now, if you want to do a thing where Big E has his moment where he gets a world championship finally, and New Day come out to celebrate with him, I'm all right with that. Especially if they do it to where it's like uh, where the Crispin YNA Guerrero thing was, where it's like way after the match. I'm okay with that. But I think keep those guys apart for at least, at least a year. Have no reunions. Unless you're, once again, they, they, they're they not doing, even doing house shows. Well, <laughs> They're not supposed to be doing house shows. But, anyways, I think they need to be kept apart. So, here's my idea. Here's what I propose. I think with them doing the stretcher job on Daniel Bryan, now you have Daniel Bryan come back. You'll have him feud with Roman. You keep Daniel Bryan out of the Royal Rumble. And. He, he loses. And Daniel Bryan's the type of person where you don't need to have a screwjob finish, as you just saw, he just lost a Jey Uso clean. So he can lose a Roman Reigns clean. But that's not the way it's going to work. Because, see, here's, here's the thing. And at first I thought, they were, and they still may do this, right? But at first I thought they're going to have Jimmy come back when he's whenever he's ready and try to get Jay to come to the right side, right? But here's the problem Jimmy already said that he's ahead of the table. Uh, last month at night of champions he already fell in line essentially you know um so i can see them coming back and they both have his back right to me that's going to be the catalyst for someone having his back he won't need the new day daniel brown will have his back and they already teased that kevin owens is looking for a tag team partner so to me i can see the bloodline coming back Uso, the usos excuse me what i mean they can win the tag team championships from the Street Profits, especially since they you see a lot of Jimmy on TV. I don't know if he's ready right now, but it doesn't mean he can't be ready by January. And the titles aren't going to be on the line this month, and who knows if the titles going to be on the line next month, so the tag team championships I'm talking about. So it's like you can actually keep those belts on Street Profits, have Jimmy come back, Reigns a Superman punch or something, helps them get the tag team championships. Now the bloodline has all the gold. Now you can have a WrestleMania essentially a Big E versus Roman Reigns and Kevin Owens and Daniel Bryan versus Jay Uso the Usos. And that and they all six of those guys can pretty much have January, February, and March, because I believe WrestleMania is in March next year. Not April fighting but they all but they all have each other's back though if that makes any sense to me you don't need the new day to me you've already kind of put certain things in in motion and like i said and i can see daniel bryan unlike elias who's completely blaming jeff Hardy for something that he didn't do and we know he didn't do it actually daniel bryan not even want to fight jay it's like dude you did what you did but i know it's him so i need to get to him i can see that you know so to me that's a a better idea. Some people might not be keen on that. I know some people don't want. To, I know I just said I don't need to see makeshift tag teams. I'm just saying how if we're gonna have this, and if we're gonna respect the brand, black ah, the brand split, which is hilarious me saying that. I think it's the best way to do it. You've already dropped seeds of these two doing a tag team, and also they co- they collaborated with the Street Profits. So imagine this: the Bloodlines running everything, they're screwing everybody over. Because of this burden that Roman Reigns has of being the face of the WWE, and then all of a sudden, boom. You know, um, I don't know. That's just th- th- that's just my idea for it. I'm just not keen on bringing a new day back so soon. I just I don't think you, I don't think you need to, you know. Um, but once again, that's that's just me. Um, I'm just ah, I just. And I wasn't one of the people that was always. I've never clamored to break up the new day. I I knew it was gonna come one day, but when I said the one thing I've said is when they do break them up, just don't have somebody turn their back. And they didn't. I'm good. But now that you've done it, and now we're talking about now everyone's talking about this big push. And by the way, Daniel Bryan is behind this big push, and Daniel Bryan is on the creative of SmackDown. Nah, I will keep them separate for a while. Let them come out afterwards to celebrate. But, nah. This this needs to be he needs to do this so on his own and he needs to have new people help him because the dude days been they've been faces for so long I don't think people remember remember the last time they were heels you know so anyways that's SmackDown there and that's my kind of like fantasy booking moment there um just some quick notes from there then we'll, then we'll get to some stuff first of all I don't get a chance to watch NXT UK very often I try like, I might get a text from somebody here and there to Hanky. If you have 30 minutes, you need to watch this match. And I got that text this week. If you have 30 minutes, you need to watch the NXT UK Championship match between Walter and Dragunov. My God, they beat the hell out of each other. And I don't know how people take those chops from Walter. Because they are just destructive. They aren't Ric Flair chops, they are just, they are destructive to the soul. Um, but if you have 30 minutes, you need to watch that match on NXT UK. Um, Jordan Devlin returned to TV, um, which is uh, very interesting to say at least. Um, but I, I think people will enjoy NXT UK match. The one thing I will say about it before we move on is that um, <laughs> whoever takes that belt, and obviously we know they, they want to hide it for a while. So. Most of his title reign is kind of marred. It, it, some people say marred or an asterisk next to it. I don't think he was losing that belt either way. I don't know when they're going to have him lose it, but whoever beats him for it is going to have to earn it. And my God, their body is going to feel it. Um, but I wanted to get to that um, before we got to some NXT. But now we are NXT. Ziya Lee uh, was pulled from a kickboxing match, and she's apparently not happy about happy about it. Um, the reason why she's been getting more TV time, reportedly, is because she went to Triple H and said she's ready for, you know, to to level up, essentially. Um, but, I, I think that this will all get figured out. Apparently, WWE didn't even know about the the kickboxing match, you know, until, like, it was, like, announced online, like, a week before, so, um, that was, maybe just bad timing. Maybe she, maybe she told somebody in the office and they forgot to tell Triple H, whatever. Um, I think she has a nice look. Uh but i don't know where the story's going with her but hopefully they can find something to do with her um also here's the thing that's interesting before we get to some nxt this is nxt uh the pc had a new breakout like last friday apparently they still hold like mini house shows just to see how the town's doing if they're progressing or not and uh they had a new uh breakout with covid everyone has a new breakout with covid like we have countries shutting down again um I think just because it's going into winter time. So I think in a couple weeks we're going to be fine. As far as like back to normal cases or whatever. Um, the thing I found interesting is though, Halloween Havoc was in jeopardy of not happening. But then on Tuesday, excuse me, Wednesday morning, I read they were letting fans in. I wonder what they did to make it sterile enough. To feel comfortable love to allow fans in. Like real fans, not like family and friends. That was the part I got really confused about because I was like, whoa, like that seems kind of off. Y- you know what I'm saying? Like, I was just kinda like, that just don't that, don't that don't that don't fit right, you know? Um, but they did have Hollywood Havoc. It was a hell of a show. I think it was better than NXT uh, than AEW this week, personally. Um uh to me. Rhea Ripley and uh, Rachel Gonzalez had a really good match. Rachel Gonzalez showed that she belonged in the same ring. Um, obviously, she's not at the same level as Rhea, Rhea Ripley, but she's going to be a player in NXT. Um, I just wonder, outside of NXT, as far as like with, with, with like the main roster, if she, how they would utilize her. Because to me, she's definitely more, and no, I'll give it I've only heard her talk like a few times. But, to me, she reminds me so much of Diesel in, 90, in 94, 95. Just a freaking killer. You know what I'm saying? So, I do wonder how they would use her in that regard. Um, Rhea Ripley did win that match. Um, Johnny Gargano made history uh, by becoming the first ever two-time North American champion. And and I was I, I thought my prediction was good by then, you know. But, Candice LeRae ends up losing her latter match. Um... And I was like, "Well, wait, why would they have her lose?" And I, that confused me. I thought she was for sure gonna get a win, especially since Indy Hartwell was helping him. And I know some people said that they don't think that was Indy Hartwell under the the the, the, the scary mask gown or whatever who helped Johnny uh, Gargano earlier tonight. I think it was her. I mean, it was pretty baggy, but I she didn't do anything, or the person that was behind it, which I think it was Indy Hartwell, they didn't do anything to like. Uh, strenuous to where like he, the person never picked up Damian Priest or anything. They handed Johnny Gargano a fake cement block or whatever a tombstone, and he he hit him with it. So it wasn't like this person did anything. And plus, it looks like Candice Lerae is gonna face Shotzi Blackheart, Blackheart now because she got involved in the match. She took out the masked individual. I'm calling it Indy Hartwell. I'm F that. And then oh the bump she took. When I sent that picture. I think it was Jonathan Esther. I sent that video to him after when she got pushed off the ladder and she crashed into that ladder. That skinny frame of hers, she's so tiny. But I know she's a warrior because I just said like two weeks ago how I saw a video that, and I remembered the, the match how she took a lumbar check from Cedric Alexander. She's a warrior. Like Johnny Gargano has a freaking warrior for a wife, which is awesome. But the bump she took, Jonathan Esther said, that's a good camera shot. She looks dead. Said, she, is, she is dead. She was freaking dead. Um, but uh, they, they had a hell of a match. I know some people said it felt rushed. And it could have been, been rushed. I didn't watch it live. I watch all this stuff. I try to watch all this stuff afterwards. That way so I, I ain't got to deal with commercial breaks. Um, but they had a hell of a match. Um, I, I thought it was fun. I, I, it definitely should have been the main event. And also Pete Dunne comes back. And, um, and he... Joins the McAfee Group. Uh, that's what I'm gonna call them I guess. And turns heel on Kyle Rye leaves him laying. And now the stable is Pat McAfee, uh, Lorkin and Birch, and freaking Pete Dunne. I don't, I don't see anything wrong with that. It feels like they're setting up for War Games. Um, how will they do that? In well, I guess they're in the Thunderdome now, you know. So you could, you could do that, you know. Like once again, it's. it's And the way they have it set up is really like a mini Thunderdome anyway. So, like, you don't need to have the Thunderdome crowd in there. You could just do an empty arena and just do your war games. But that's what this is setting up for, essentially. You have four on four. I, I just don't see it. And it seems like this is a staple of NXT is having Undisputed Era in war games. That's what it feels like to me. Um... But this was a really strong show. Um, they packed it for sure. And they did win the ratings. War, for those of you who care. For that week. But they deserved it. It was a, a hell of a win. Um, so some more news and notes. From WWE. Before we get to uh, AEW. Um, what else do we have? Oh. So I haven't talked about this on the show. Cause I just don't know what to say about it. Some people just are being brutal because they're saying, "Well, these guys are are independent contractors; they should fight it." Blah, blah blah. But a lot of WWE stars have closed down their Twitch accounts. I know Paige went had a breakdown and pretty much said she's going to continue to stream. Um, and I guess I guess she's talk, supposedly she's talking to a lawyer about unionizing. This is this whole thing is a mess all over Twitch streams, and and I get it. It's probably a good source of blowing off steam and, um, revenue, which is obviously important when you have that revenue. Um, but this whole thing's a mess. WWE needs to nip this in the bud before the year is out. Either put something in, in these people's contracts or just leave them the fuck alone. Now, the one thing, even though I'm sure they're getting a piece of up, up, down, down, which is Xavier Woods, uh, uh that's not his pockets but his youtube channel he never says he's xavier woods on there he always is by his real name of austin creed I, i'm not his real name but his oh, austin creed austin creed i think austin is his real name now but um but um so i'm sure they're getting a piece of it because they promote it so much but at the same time i'm sure they're not getting that big of a piece because he was already having a successful channel before it though You know, like I said, I've never heard him call himself Xavier Woods on that show. And I've been subscribed to that channel, I'm not saying since day one, but if it's not day one, it's month one. You know, because I've been a fan of Xavier Woods since he he was, you know, Austin Creed and freaking uh, Impact, or TNA, whatever you want to call it. So, um, I I do wonder what they're going to do, but this whole thing is a mess. I don't even know what to even say about it because it's to me it's so stupid and just greedy and and didn't you just let go of like fifty people talent wise and probably hundreds behind the scenes for budgetary reasons and this is the biggest year of your career, of your of your business ever making money I I don't get it so I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave it there though but that's just the whole thing's weird um, Matt Riddle. Is now just known as Riddle. And Matt has said, he said he prefers to be called Riddle. He says it's his real name. So I don't see what the big deal is. We should all see this coming, dude. I don't know why people get all frustrated about this. This is just what Vince McMahon does. He does, apparently, he does not like first names. So I think, once again, people always call him Riddle anyway. I've never heard anyone say, hey, yes, Matthew Riddle. People say, hey, Riddle. So it doesn't matter. So, anyways, those are your news and notes. Actually, no, a few more things here, actually. Excuse me. A&E, the, the channel, has plans to do documentaries on the Ultimate Warrior and Bret Hart. I was trying to do research on this. It doesn't look like WWE is, like, a part of it. It looks like they're kind of just doing their own thing. And I guess it's going to be kind of like a uh, dark side of the ring thing. Not, not dark like that, but, like, it's something completely separate where these people are going to probably just uh, uh, talk to people themselves. But I could but my thing is, even though I couldn't find anything, I'm sure Bret Hart doesn't carry the way. but I don't think they would do an ultimate Warrior uh, documentary without some WWE cooperation. So that's why I'm thinking these do have more some more WWE cooperated stuff, but I was doing my research. there's nothing I could see that said that so far. So I'm gonna assume that right now there's no cooperation. But once I see an Ultimate Warrior, I think there's going to be a lot of cooperation. Now, the Bret Hart one is different. Because Bret Hart says what he wants to say anyway. So, I don't I don't know about that. That's why I'm kind of thrown off. Also, speaking of interesting, Jim Hurd. You guys have heard that name over the years. People bashing him, calling him the pizza guy. Mainly from Jim Cornette. But there's a lot of people who do not like this guy. He used to be the executive over booking for WCW. The one that famously said, hey, I want to get rid of Ric Flair. He ch- kept trying to get rid of Ric, Ric Flair. Uh, he, he put him under the Scorpion mask. When, uh, I can't remember the, real, uh, the other guy's name, but the other guy didn't. He did one that is as a Scorpion, and I think they didn't want to pay him or something like that. And either way, they put Ric Flair back under there. He's a the guy that famously said he wanted to put a nose ring on Ric Flair, cut his hair, and call him Spartacus. He came up with the ding-dongs in WCW. Um, he will do his first ever interview on adfreeshows.com and I'm going to listen to that. I think that's very fascinating actually. I wonder who's doing it because see I know Conrad who does the podcast with Jim Ross on Anderson, Shivani Bischoff, Pritchard. I know he always promotes adfreeshows.com. I don't know who runs adfreeshow.com I'm assuming I'm just going to assume i 'm assuming this came from Conrad like someone and keep my giving the heads up but this is gonna be an interesting interview hearing this his point of view for the first time in almost 30 years this guy's never done an interview in 30 can you imagine how much money's been tossed his way to do an interview he's probably never he's, he's never defended himself outright that I know of and a, and a lot of people have bashed him a lot. Jim Cornette and Flair are just, like, two of the people that do a lot of interviews and they talk a lot. But they're not the only ones. He is not a liked man in the business. So for him to do an interview, I'm I'm going to be all about watching that show. Or whatever, however, listening to it, whatever. Um, that's going to be interesting. The thing I'm not interested in is Netflix. They're co-producing a Vince McMahon documentary. I have no interest in this. Mainly because it's going to be all bullshit. They're going to put their entire spin on it. I've Even when people were saying how oh, Matthew McConaughey, I think, is the one that's going to play Vince McMahon in a movie, like they're in WWE writers were writing a movie, why are we going to watch that? The things we want to know, they're not going to address for real. They're going to put their spin on it. I want to know when you made the decision to do the Montreal job. What was in the briefcase with Jimmy Snicker in the police station? These things you can't talk about what did you ever sell steroids to your wrestlers i don't think he did but th- these are the questions that people want and want answers to not the fluff pieces that show a rags to riches guy that people just don't believe i'm not saying it's fair not saying it's right just saying i don't want to see a fluff piece and that's what that's going to be and i usually like netflix documentaries like the one they did on the friar fest scandal was fantastic but this is not gonna be anything like that. I just don't see it, you know. So, anyways, um, before we get to AEW, I keep pushing AEW off because it's I can leave that to last. Um, MLW, MLW has announced that they will restart November eighteenth. So for you MLW fans, there you go. Um, this is some AEW news. Jake Hager wins his fight at Bellator. He he remains undefeated, but my God, he took a beating in the process. His face looked like ground beef it looked just disgusting uh yeah it looked like ground beef that was some was medium rare and some was uh, just completely burnt it looked terrible um and, and I didn't say this last week back I I, 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 I I forgot to write it down but I wanted to say this Con- first of all congratulations to Rich Swan how about that he is impacts new world heavyweight champion I would have never saw that coming. And think about this man's story. He went from being the Cruiserweight Champion in, uh, excuse me, in AEW, WWE. I think it's like 3 o'clock in the morning recording this, so excuse me. He went from being their Cruiserweight Champion. He was on an upward trajectory. Then he got into it with his then significant other. I think, I think Sue Young was a significant other then too. Um, Charges were dropped, but he ends up getting dropped from WWE. Um... And then he ends up going to aew i don't know why i keep saying aew i think it's is 3 in the morning um he ends up getting dropped going to impact really re- just having this redemption story and and on, and on for glory night him and his wife i think they're the first legit like couple like married couple to win titles on the same night because she won the impact women's championship from diana um, but I just thought I should, should mention that and I, I, I meant to mention it last week because Bound for Glory happened Saturday night and so I saw it and actually went back and watched the match it was, wasn't a bad match between him and Eric Young and um, I don't know, I just was like very happy but I just, I forgot to write down my notes and as you can see, I'm, you guys might hear the page turning, you know, I need to write down my notes because sometimes there's so many things I want to talk about and hit and I, need, I, I remember like 80% of it but I won't remember all of it. So, anyways, now we're finally getting to AEW. I have clearly been having AEW in mind because I keep <laughs> keep saying it. But anyways, um, they they still had a strong showing. To me, it just wasn't as strong as uh, Halloween Havoc. I think NXT put so much into Halloween Havoc that if it would have failed it or to to top them in the rings, it probably would have been an issue. Um, but both shows are going to take a hit this week, no matter what the election is this week. Both shows are going to take a hit, um, especially since people are already mad that it's been released at The Undertaker, Jericho, like Kevin Nash, like all these wrestlers have backed Donald Trump, so people who hate Trump are going to hate those wrestlers, so just be prepared for that. I wouldn't take these week this week's ratings into account at all, but um, Serena Deep, who's freshly off of winning the NWA Women's Championship, defending her title, she defended it successfully, um, Kenny Omega versus Adam hangman page will be the finals at uh, full gear which is next Saturday don't know if I'm watching it or not I want to but we'll see um, I, mean, I we'll see um, Cody beats Orange Cassidy in a lumberjack match which was huh, wasn't bad you know to me it saw you saw you saw two interesting things you saw A member of the Dark Order, I can't remember his name, we saw a member of the Dark Order hit Orange Cassidy while the referee wasn't paying attention. But then you saw Arn Anderson just give Orange Orange Cassidy a shot. Arn Anderson just pop, And then all of a sudden, Cody takes advantage. He doesn't see, air quotes, what Arn Anderson did, gives the crossroads to Orange Cassidy and wins. And then in a moment where supposedly a text message of Cody's uh, leaks air quotes you can't see me doing that he says how did Darby Allen deserve a number one contenders match or a, a match against him after he, he keeps beating him and he's like hey you know he should he should win his matches against me and he would be the champ but like, I don't see how he deserves it when other people are deserving and so I was kind of sitting there sitting back there and no one since I mentioned this three weeks ago There's a bunch of people I know who do podcasts. They're into wrestling just like me. I've asked them. I'm like, hey, what has Darby Allen done to earn this match? What has he done? No one can tell me. When's the last time time Darby Allen actually won a match on TV on Dynamite? We're not counting Dark. I know Dark is technically canon. I'm not counting Dark because I don't watch Dark. But when's the last time Darby's even won a match? I don't, I don't know, And but to me, after he released his text message, and by the way, in the text message, he says hashtag, it, it was like a hashtag, when your match is right, I like, no one talks like that in real life, no one does a Twitter rant, if, if I ever had anyone do a Twitter rant to me via text message, I'm immediately blocking them, um, but Cody's definitely going heel, then you just, if you see what Arn Anderson did, it just reeked of, it reeked of the old Four Horsemen days, like, is that it's like Orange Cassidy was just like being a pest, and Arn was like, "Just let's get rid of this guy." Darby Allen's winning that TNT Championship at full gear next week. I'm sticking beside that. I I just have to. Um, the FTR versus the Bucks, and 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 the Bucks said if they do not win the ch- tag team championships next week, they will never be able to challenge for the belts again. This could have been the most divisive thing of the week. I chose something else. Uh, that's gonna be on uh, Wednesday show. Um, this is right behind it. I thought it was kind of weak, considering how we all know you guys are executives for the club for the, the company, so it doesn't really mean anything. However, to me, I think they just gave the fans away. I just think what's gonna happen is it's gonna be a short reign for FTR. There's gonna be a short reign for the Bucks. They're gonna win next week at full gear. FTR will get the belts back and then have a longer run. Um, Because, obviously, this is not going to be their only match. Um, And, honestly, I don't think this is going to be a good match. This has been a match in making for years. Four years. Four freaking years. I'm not saying four. The number, I'm saying just four years in general. Uh, F.O.R. And, I just don't... I don't think it's going to meet the hype. I don't think the first match will meet the hype. I think the second and the third matches will probably meet the hype. I don't, something in me just says, dude, we're waiting for this classic to come out. I, I don't see it. I, I still think the match of the year in, in, in uh, AEW is probably going to be the elite fighting each other uh, at Revolution, which was the Bucks versus Hangman and Omega. Uh, this match is, is going. They're going to have better matches. But something in this. Is, and now the stipulation. I had something that's going to be a good match. I'm not looking forward to it. to I, be I was at first. But now I'm actually looking forward to the second match more. Um And finally. MJF has his match against Chris Jericho. Jericho said if you win. You're in the inner circle. And here's something interesting. So I didn't know where this was going. Brian Alvarez. I know people hate that name. But he had something interesting to say about this. He feels that. MJF is going to get into the inner circle. And he's just going to take it over. And then Chris Jericho will be kicked out of the inner circle. That's interesting. I didn't think of that. Um, Because MJF definitely doesn't need it. That's the other thing. If MJF gets in, where does that leave Wardlow? Is he in? Is he just hanging out? That's got to be awkward when you're a made guy hanging out with a bunch of people and you can't be made. (laughs) You know, I just don't. I don't know. I, I, to me, it's very interesting. This was this was a solid show, and to me, um, this is this wasn't even the go home show. So, so next week we'll see more. And Darby Allen was just kind of sitting in the crowd or whatever. So it was like one of those situations where um, it, he, he 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 didn't say anything. Uh, I, I think next week's show is going to be telling. But to me, the match I'm looking forward to, forward to the most at four, uh, full gear, huh? It's Darby Allen getting that TNT championship? I I just I don't know. I just don't see how they don't do that. I just don't see how they don't do that at this. I just don't see it. Because if he doesn't win, what do you do with him then? The same with the Bucks. You don't win, what do you do with them? You're in the same position with them that you are with Cody. And I don't. I just don't think the Bucks are heels. Cody's going heel. Without a shadow of a doubt, he's going heel. He's a heel now, let's be honest. So, I don't know. Anyways, that was this portion of the show. We're going to have the DJ scratch the track in a second. Um, I just want to talk about all that stuff and go into detail a little bit more. Um, But next up, we're going to do what I said earlier. The five best eliminations and the five dumbest ways to be eliminated in the Survivor Series. In honor of this being Survivor Series Month. Um, So, yeah. DJ. Scratch that track. Featured the game Triple H. Oh, oh, sweet what in the world? Oh, oh, I told you, King. I told you. What I told you f- to get the look on Cena's face. What is look at this? Are oh, you kidding me? Michael, are you, you gonna take me Brett Hart with a sharp shooter? Yes he is! Are you kidding me? So let's start with the five dumbest ways to be eliminated in any Survivor Series match. This is going to be the fastest category to get through because I don't even want to talk about it because some of these ways are so freaking dumb. So anyways, number one, and none of these are in order, but I'm just, how I wrote them. Number one, anyone who gets counted out or DQ'd. So when, example, when someone has an undefeated streak, I think it was 2014 when Sting made his debut. And Rusev was still undefeated at that point. And the way they had him get eliminated was he got counted out. He tried to jump on a table. That Dolph was on. Dolph moved. Boom. Rusev got counted out. The same way the Undertaker gets eliminated most of the time. He doesn't get pinned. Same way Andre Jai got hit, rolled out of the ring, got counted out. Anyone who gets counted out by DQ, or gets gets eliminated by DQ or counted out, it's a, just a dumb way to be eliminated, and you see it coming. So you see, just see it coming so badly. Number two, anytime someone that's on a team, let's say it's Team Roman Reigns, and they're halfway in the ring already, they see their guy getting pinned, and they don't move to get in to stop it. That is, it's always it always looks so bad, and you can tell it's a miscommunication when it happens. But it's like. That is one of the worst ways to see it. Because, like, you see someone that's in the ring. These guys are athletes. These women are athletes. They can get to that three count or whatever, right? And they just stand there. And they look stupid. Um, number three. Whenever a big name gets hit with one punch or one finisher at the very beginning, and they get pinned. I've seen it happen to, it happened to Samoa Joe within the 30 seconds. Happened to Walter before. Like, people who they tend to have... Who are... the, the the marks are marks for, air quotes, if we're going to use that term, right? Those are always the dumbest ways to do it. And that leads into any time a match has gone, this is number four, any time a match is going like 30 minutes with no eliminations, and in a five-minute time span, everyone but two people are eliminated. Why can't you spread your eliminations out better? Why is it always the same trope or same formula? So annoying, so terrible. Number five, anytime people just, and this kind of goes hand in hand with the halfway in the ring one, but there's also times where people just kind of sit on the apron and they know the rules just watching someone get pinned. Especially after, like, the Mark Henry one, right, in 2014, when he was, like, getting hyped up or whatever and he turned around into a punch and then, and then Big Show just pinned him. Like, why didn't you guys stop him? Now, that one, you could kind of say, all right, I understand because, Big show is kind of sitting there he just punched this guy out and you don't want to get him and get punched out next so I could kind of see that but it happens it wasn't it's a trope it's something they lean on way too much in these survivor series matches which is uh, which is what's gonna happen on the 22nd anyway anyways let's get to the five best eliminations and my just in my opinion and once again these are in no order these are just the way I just remembered them when I wrote them down one comes from 2006, where HBK is Team DX versus Team Orton and Edge. And the bell rings. Mike Knotts uh, is on the apron. Well, he's in the ring, and Kelly Kelly's on the apron. And they were dating, air quotes at the time. And so he gets her off the apron. Mike Knox turns around into a super kick, pins him. And then he walks over and completely destroys the guy. We can, I guess, or buries him, whatever term you want to use. He says, hey, was he in the match? Who is that guy? And at the time, Mike Knox was in ECW, just so you know. Um, number two, Kofi. He pins, this is from 2009. Kofi pins CM Punk and Randy Orton in seconds. So this is when they were at the height, of their, pretty much the height of their feud. And it pretty much came to an end pretty quickly afterwards. And Orton's on the outside, avoiding Kofi. Punk tries to roll him up, Kofi counters one, two, three, Orton runs into the ring, and he runs into a Trouble in Paradise, gets pinned, and at this point in time, this is way before Kofi Mania, this is when Kofi, if you watched it at that time, you thought Kofi was going to be the next big thing, just because of the, re- the reactions he was getting, and the way he was just going about everything, you, you thought he was going to be the next big thing, you felt that, you know. Um, number three from 2013: Roman Reigns, Spears, Rey Mysterio. This is still when the when the Shield were heels. So I uh, can't remember the teams. I should sure wrote the teams down, but I know it was Mysterio, Goldust, Cody on one team, the Shield on another, with Jack Swagger and uh, Cesaro. Well, it comes down to Roman Reigns. By the way, Roman Reigns broke a record in this match by having. Um, four eliminations i think seth was i think seth did the other elimination but he's the only man to ever do four eliminations until braun strowman did it um well this is before this one right now where you guys hear roman reigns talking trash now he was talking trash to mysterio here you know so for you, those of you guys who want to see heal roman reigns uh what he's doing now you go back to 2013. Uh, he, he was smushing Mysterio in his head. Hey, Ray, you came back all the way back just to get punked out? Get out of here. Well, Ray does a hurling piranha, throws uh, Reigns into uh, the ropes, thinking he's about to do a 619. The camera does a great shot following Ray, like it always does. All of a sudden, the camera pans left one time, spear, one, two, three. Uh, Reigns wins the match. Um, this was Reigns. This is when you first start seeing the the rocket being put to his back so interesting number four comes from 1999 one of the most controversial survivor series because if you weren't in the know and at the time i was not enough in the know uh to really um understand what happened and actually this this show is one of my five best moments as well, so I don't want to give away that best moment. But something happened on this show in 1999 that kind of like shook me to the core as a fan, and I didn't know it until the next day when someone who was an observer, uh, he he was subscribed to the Observer, so he knew all the stuff. You know, I didn't know it. I wasn't a full on Mark yet, if we're gonna use the Mark term, right? And so when I saw this thing happen earlier in the show, I was like, "Fuck." What does this mean? And then you saw this, and you didn't know. But to me, the next one up, number four, is The Big Show eliminated three people in seconds. Like he choke Viscera, he choke slammed. I I, I, I should sure wrote this down. But he choked two different people, three different people, pinned them. It was all in seconds. He was seen as a freaking monster, and he would go on to win the world championship that night um, for his first time. Um, but to me, just seeing. Uh, the excitement for Big Show, it was kind of cool, and once again, it just came from that, I think it cooled off during the main event, once people seen, they weren't going to get what was originally advertised for those of you who know about it you know where I'm going with this, but um, I don't want want to give away one of my five best moments Um, number five to me even though this wasn't as flashy as the other ones this one was just just as cool because I saw it coming because I heard rumblings. Um, I had a friend who actually worked for WWE at the time, and he told me he gave me the heads up on what was about to go down, uh, not the exact match, but who was about to show up. And I was like, all right, cool. I'll, I'm looking forward to it, to watching it then. And so Sting appears 2014, and uh, or 20 uh, 2014. Yeah, I think so. And, um, either 2014 or 2015, either way. Anyways, um, he shows up, he takes out the referee, takes out Triple H. Dolph and Rollins are laid out. And Sting rolls, like, technically Rollins was on top of, uh, Dolph, because that's what Triple H did. Sting takes Rollins, rolls him over. Puts Dolph on top of him. The referee comes in the ring, counts the three count. To me, that was one of the best eliminations because in that moment, I remember seeing a meme the day after. It was it was like a nuclear blow, uh, bomb explosion, and it was like the on top of it said the internet when Dolph won the match and when Sting arrived, and when Sting showed up, and I was like, that's how that moment felt. It really felt like for the first time you thought they were going to actually right their wrongs of Dolph Ziggler, and you no, know, put him over. You, you and maybe I'm in the minority with that. I don't think I am because you no know, people I was talking to at the time, but it felt that way. You you knew where they were going WrestleMania. You knew it was gonna be Sting versus Triple H. But you, you felt there was bigger plans in store for, for Dolph. You really did. And um, even though he had a hell of a ladder match the next month with uh, Luke Harper for the Intercontinental Championship, they, they they just didn't do it. They just didn't see it. But that moment, uh, I think that's his second greatest moment, Dolph's His first was when he cashed in on Alberto Del Rio, the night after WrestleMania. That, that crowd went crazy. The crowd went crazy here, too. Watch it. And you'll see how crazy that crowd is. Uh, how how amped up they are. So, I don't know. Those are my five best eliminations. The last one I was really iffy about. Because, like I said, it wasn't as flashy as the rest of them. Or funny or whatever. But I still thought it was a cool moment. And a cool elimination. How they did it. You know, because you don't really get Survivor Series matches uh, in that way. And, you know, they usually... Uh, they ended that way a couple of times, but usually, it, 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 I guess the story going into it was very important. That's why it had to be on there. But um, anyways, next week, we're going to do the five best moments, and then we'll end on uh, on Survivor Series. Well, what I may do is drop that episode on Survivor Series Sunday, so that way you guys can hear what it is before you actually see Survivor Series. We'll see. Um, we'll see if I have time to record it and all other all good stuff, but um, yeah, we'll get to the five best moments and then the five best matches. So that is the show for this week. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We got we we hit a lot, you know, and it's three in the morning, past three in the morning now. So if you hear my voice cracking, it's probably why. Um, I was up, I I've been up literally trying to write different notes and my give my different thoughts. So, anyways, that's the show and I hope you enjoy, if you haven't followed follow subscribe download all that good stuff um you'll get episode what 12 on Wednesday um it's the Justice League review anime series review and uh I'll see you guys next week man I'm out